Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yes, and good evening, and welcome to the Celtic Unrestricted View. A wee bit um, away from the norm, folks. Um, we are currently live on this charity weekender for a fantastic cause for young Jamie Tierney. And I want to say a massive thank you to Paul John Dykes and his team for inviting us over. Joining me this evening is uh, two of my favourite people, two guys I love having a bit of chat with and a laugh with, and... Uh, Sometimes a good carry-on, sometimes too much carry-on. Um, but yes, joining me this evening is my very good man, Ryan Clifford, and big Aaron Stirling. Uh, he's got another name, but obviously I'll, I'll remain that for our own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Don't really like to tell the world, big man, what people are calling you these days. But uh, come yeah. yourself first, Aaron, because I've, I've no actually spoke to you for quite some time, mate. Um, yeah. Obviously, we're going to touch on a wee bit about yesterday and then obviously a wee bit about this season's recruitment so far and how the team have shaped up and how things are looking at the moment. Yeah. So, what I would say, mate, it's good to see you first and foremost. I hope you're well. And, uh, aye, give me give me your early thoughts for yesterday. Oh, just to kind of repeat your your words as well. Uh, great cause and uh, brilliant to be kind of contributing and thanks again for the guys involved for uh, inviting us on. Uh, but aye, it's not been a great weekend uh, considering with the, the, the football that we, we all watched yesterday. That was extremely disappointing to say the least. I'm sure we'll, we'll delve into it a bit further but uh, aye, it was, it, it's probably the worst performance I've seen in a long time phase uh, and it's we'll start to kind of get a bit concerned considering that's the last two two league games that uh, these kind of performances were put across and these kind of results have came, came with that so well, putting in kind of relatively poor performances and that's causing us to drop points and lose the strength the, the strong position that we had built for ourselves in the league so it's Aye, uh, it's 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 no great, but uh, we'll try and be positive uh, with regards to the the kind of future where we can build for that. Ryan, I think um, 
if this was your podcast, I think Alan's been nice, mate, to be honest, there, in terms <laughs> of how he actually feels about yesterday. Because um, I think Adam and I were having a conversation with me yesterday, mate, and that's definitely, I'm only kidding, I'm only kidding. Um, what I will say, Brian, is um, yesterday was just uh, a, a totally, really, really bad day at the office. Um, I, I'm going to put it that way. Um, from start to finish, mate, I don't think there was many go past marks yesterday. A couple of people, you know, you could people are saying Matt O'Reilly tried, McGregor tried, they did, mate, but there was no element of quality throughout our team at all. Um, and I think that was evident as soon as the whistle went, mate. And then Hearts get the goal, and it was just as if our heads just dropped after that. But I was there yesterday, mate, and what I will say, mate, is the, the crowd were really on edge. Straight for the half. So, uh, again, mate, it's good to see you, first and foremost. Hope you've had a nice weekend, barring yesterday. But um, um, give us your early thoughts on how you feel. No, f- thanks a lot, obviously, to Paul John Dykes for getting his back on. I think this is a centre for June now for uh, a fantastic mm-hmm. charity every year. Every year is a great cause. You do a lot of hard work. So, um, thanks again, guys. And if you can, please support to the great cause uh, for me, Jamie. So, yes. and the link's in the description below. And it is on um, the State of Mind Facebook page, Twitter page, etc. as well. So, thanks a lot, guys. Um, obviously, as IP, I'm, I'm okay, mate, personally. Um, a few things every weekend, obviously. Not the best, but obviously the result as well. No fantastic. Um, I think we can see, obviously, due to social media and everybody else, there's been a lot of negative press, a lot of negative talking. Maybe people might say there's been some overreaction, maybe some overreaction to certain parts, but I think in the main, I think the reaction is, mate, that some of the fans, we can see what's maybe going to happen and we want that to stop now. Not a progress because, in my opinion, where we are in the league, yes, we're still ahead. I get that. I, I get that fans will be saying that, but the way... We've kind of got the season through the recruitment. Brilliant. I, I was a big fan of Rodgers, can get the job. Mm-hmm. Um, a few is one of the fans when we left, I get that. But time time moves on and we heal. Still, in my opinion, he's still a fantastic manager. But I think now is when we'll have to kind of go and see that now to see if he's still got um, the stomach to go and lift this team, um, to go and take us to the next level again and can keep, yeah. and keep this side of the city strong and um, keep us where we belong where we've been the last few years so for, for the last decade really so um, the game yesterday was poor mate um, well, I know we'll get into the bits of the game probably for a wee bit but the one thing that I, I can't I can't accept mate through it doesn't matter if it's junior level amateur Celtic yeah. mainly Celtic is the fact that I can accept getting beat I can accept world-class goals. I can accept teams playing two touches and beating you. But what I can't accept, mate, is a Celtic team getting bullied. Outran, outfought, out-effort, out-desired. I can't handle that. I, I can't accept that. Mm-hmm. It's happened against the first half against Johnston. The second half of Kamarnock. Just about the full game yesterday. That's a wee pattern to start to emerge here. The managers kind of came out questioning the mentality of the players. Don't agree with that personally, but that's obviously designed to do that. So there's a lot kind of came off the back of the, the performance side. It's not just the performance, there's a lot that's come off the back of it and we kinda of need to get it 
we kind of no get over it, but we kind of need to, as soon as we can go mm-hmm. back into the team, into training, get get it worked on and get a good performance uh, next weekend. I think the biggest reaction will be the next two weeks, mate, the next three games. Yes. Yeah. Dundee, Livingston, Dundee, and then um, Rangers. So the Derby game. So they're three vital games, mate. And I think anywhere to that points, mate. And I think you'll see more um, kind of maybe negative comments for a lot of fan base. Yeah. Alan, like I said, I was there yesterday, mate. And towards the end of the game, mate, the place started to become really, really toxic, in my opinion. Like, there was a lot of unhappiness throughout various parts of the ground there was booing at half time when they went in uh, you know obviously losing the game and uh, in terms of I think Ryan makes a very good point mate Brendan's actually come out now and he's he's questioning the mentality he's not done it in, in, in terms of doing certain individuals but he's certainly done it as a collective um, and he's, he's questioned them mentally now and I was quite surprised with his comments yesterday after the game in terms of when he says, I wasn't surprised, meaning he's seen this coming. So do you think, Alan, it's a confidence problem with the team? Because being there yesterday, mate, see when Hearts scored their goals, we didn't look like getting back into the game, mate. We just, the heat's just dropped. And I don't know if it's mixed messages, is it something that, you know, that, they're lacking at the moment. Is it the fact that the injuries have just took a big impact on the squad? I don't know what it is. I just can't put my finger on it. But they certainly are finding it tough, Alan, to bring themselves back to that sort of feel-good and sort of winning factor about them. They look short of confidence to me, mate. I'd like to know your thoughts on that. I think it's been a build-up. Uh, you're saying about the toxicity, uh, toxicity at Celtic Park uh, yesterday. Uh, I think everybody's seen with their own eyes that uh, it has been coming. Last week has been coming. Yeah. We've no, we've no been uh, well, kind of fluent, fluent football sales. Uh, we've no played really that well. There's, we could maybe pick out a handful of games that we've played. We've put in good performances yeah. this year. Apart from that, it's been pretty much a struggle at times. Uh, so it has it has been coming. And I think with Brendan saying that as well, that he's no surprise. He's obviously in the same boat as us. He's he's watching the game just like the rest of the, the, rest of the fans. Uh, he's seen the kind of performances that's been put in. Uh, and the majority of the games have been won. But when we start losing games, that's when... People start to turn. Uh, we can't. We can put up with kind of substra- substandard performances as long as we're picking up the three points. But the minute that we're not picking up the three points, that's when mm-hmm. you start to see people turn in these kind of reactions yeah. uh, against the team. And obviously, it happened with the board as well yesterday. Uh, so the, the, it has been kind of it has been coming. It has been substandard the uh, performances. Uh, what the the issue is. I personally, I think it's a combination of things, but I'd I'd be going back to the the last few transfer windows, and I've <laughs> I've been shouting this for the rooftops from the start. But you obviously see for yesterday the amount of transfers that were brought in and how many of them are actually actually contributing to whether that be kind of first team or the mm. the 
the full the squad as a whole. And there's there's only one or two of the kind of nine or ten signings that we've made that are actually making a contribution. And for for us to spend a reasonable amount of money on that amount of individuals, it's it, that's that that's very very concerning and very alarming. Yeah. And I'd I'd be putting that at the uh, the point of where kind of things are starting to go wrong because we we kind of continue to live off the. It was the first two transfer windows, the majority of Angie's tenure. First two transfer windows, that's where the majority of our squad and team are sitting, the, the best players that we've got. And we're seeing after that, kind of, the, the transfer windows through Ange was good. That, that's a kind of fallacy for me, uh, because as we've spoken about a number of times. If you delve into after... But two years ago, the last January window, when Matt O'Reilly came in, eh, Maida and Hatati came in. After that, you're struggling to see anybody that's been a kind of relative success, apart from maybe Alistair Johnston. Eh, we've had Palmer this year. Eh, but apart from these kind of guys, you're struggling to see that. And that's, that's going on two years. Eh, so you're looking at the kind of recruitment. You're looking at the guys that are scouting these people that are coming in. It's obviously... It's there in black and white that Brendan isn't a big fan of these these players because he's not playing them. Mm. It's, we can all have an opinion if uh, people are good, whether they're good enough or not. But at the end of the day, Brendan's no no using these guys. He's mm. no these guys are they contributing whatsoever. So there's obviously an issue there that Brendan feels that the players that were there previously before these guys are brought in are better players than the ones that we've actually recruited in the, in the last few transfer windows. So that that I'd see that as the base of the problem, that we need, to, we need to be more precise in the kind of players that we're bringing in, the quality, instead of the quantity. And uh, hopefully hopefully the guys in charge and the, the scouts watching that yesterday, that we can correct that in the upcoming windows. I think you made a couple of good points here in terms of recruitment, Alan. I really do. Ryan, obviously, just came back to yesterday, but obviously before we, we come on to the, the kind of a wee bit more in-depth in terms of the recruitment, came back to yesterday and, and and that reaction. Having a bit of time now to reflect on yesterday personally, Ryan, I feel that quite a lot of that reaction was probably bloated, in my opinion. Um, again, mate, your own thoughts... Basically, is it knee-jerk reaction? Is it just the fact that we've lost the game yesterday? We've lost two in the bounce. But when you look at it over the piece, it's the first game we've lost at Celtic Park in 50-odd games. So it's, you know, it's not like it happens every week. But it's probably, the, I would say it's more the manner of the, the last two defeats, mate. And like you says, mate, I think you're spot on in terms of, you know, we were, we were bullied yesterday. You know, players are getting pushed around. Um, and we just look like a team full of, to me, we just look like a team yesterday full of wee boys who just didn't know how to react to big men shoving them and putting their body in and making it tough for them to play against. So, is it just knee-jerk reaction, Ryan? Do you think it's over the top um, in terms of the way people went about what they did yesterday? Or do you think that was warranted? And uh, can you see more to come? I think um, when 
if, if it comes to personal abuse, then I think that kind of you've got to kind of separate football to personal. I think when it comes to listen, I can see parts of OJP because we're all frustrated and yeah, no, I get it. We, we were all frustrated at the transfer window. We all knew positions we had to strengthen and they've not been strengthened. They've maybe been bought in, but they've not been impact signings. It's going to progress Celtic Football Club. That Mr. Lowell seems to say we are a Champions League club. They want to go further in Europe. This mm-hmm. is why we get Rodgers in. The first window back that he's come in, there's no ambition to show that, that we're going to move forward because I still say, mate, well, I'm wrong, right, well, I'm wrong. I have the inside information. I'm just reading between the lines. The manager does say that he signs off or, 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 or the, the, the transfers. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, he's got to tell a lot of flack for some of the guys that have not come and made an impact just at the moment. Some guys might take six months, a year. Like I've said before, you can accept one or two guys like that, but no seven or eight. This is Celtic. This is a youth academy. This is a... A proper massive football club that has to win trophies. Um, I can get when it comes to personal abuse. I think that's when the link stops. But I can see why. Listen, I would never boo or anything like that. Should, I might, I might, I might say it's not good enough. That was terrible, or it's got to be better, etc. But I would never boo. I've never done that, and I never will. Mm-hmm. There's way, but listen, JP people vent their frustrations a different way, and I'll never tell yeah. anybody how to vent their frustrations, but. Um, I think it's the build-up JP and I think it's because a lot of fans have seen what could potentially happen and I'm being honest with me the football you know, a bit of last week and a bit of this week it's reminded me of the COVID season just it's slow it's passive there's nine mm-hmm. ten. it's just it's like it's like we're just hoping that happens instead of the last two years I know we don't want to compare because it's different managers different styles but under Andrew we went to make it happen we chased the ball we tackled we done everything we could to get the ball back mm-hmm. I know there's certain conversations I had with yourself or Aaron and other people and I've seen other Celtic fans talk as well on social media some guys a lot of guys thought we played well on Wednesday I, I didn't think we were great I thought we'd done well to win the performance you can't criticise because we won the game it's a yeah. European game. We've got three points. Fantastic. We've got that monkey um, off our back. That we've no one at home, etc. But I still thought we were slow. I still thought we could bully fans. We were flying into tackles. We were just accepting it. But we get elbows and we just go, all right, okay, it's a free kick. You've got, in my opinion, you've got to get guys that are going to help me lose a, a lot of physicality. 
Moan Wanyama, Brown ever since that middle of the park, we've not really yep. had a lot of physicality. And the midfield battle is crucial, especially going one uh, one trophies. You need to win the midfield battle. Similar to McGregor Ibrox, we said it beforehand, if McGregor plays well, Celtic won the game. What happened? Mm-hmm. McGregor had a freedom of Ibrox, he was amazing and we won the game. So I think it's I can I would say it's a maybe a and eject to a slight degree, but I can totally, I can totally see why there's a lot of frustrations, right? Because this can't be built because next week now, and then the next two games after it, but they've got to be brown performances, and they've got to be, and they've got to be wins because if there are no wins, mm-hmm. it's going to get even better. Because the fans, I think it's because of, it's probably because of the comments before the start of the JP. We've got this. I still call him elite manager for what he's on his career. He's still a top manager. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people were starting to come into the idea, you know, coming in, like, bro, this is the money we're going to get, this is a table one squad. Maybe take away, yes, maybe three to four players that were fantastic, but we were hoping that we'd come and get that back in the door. Replace, re- replace the quality that we've lost with quality. And as it stands at the moment, mate, it's no work. And I think that's the frustration, JP, because it's what we've got behind the scenes. Yes, we're fantastic. I hate as well, JP. That was a business, and a lot of us fans, we, it's our club, and it's a football club to us. And, but the, the real estate is Celtic football club's a business, and as much as we, we'll complain and we'll want better, we want money spent, the club will still run the club at a business, and that's what money men will do at Celtic. And until they change that philosophy at a football club, mm-hmm. it'll never change me unless either they get other people in. Different people to change it, they get football men and I don't know. But it's not going to change because as much as we do criticise MJP in terms of recruitment, right? We are well run and where we are, it's fantastic. But you need to put that on the park, like I said to you yesterday, GM, it's all right saying all oh, you've got money, but put your money where your mouth is and actually mm-hmm. go and give this manager who's all a good bit of money at Celtic, he's he's a top level manager, back him. Because if you back him, you'll get success. Look what happened when he failed the first time. Sinclair, full Mulgy, boom, success. Probably. He, if he, I think if you give him money for these big things, I don't, if, he get, if he gets to pick them, but JP, if he gets to earn them out, I think mm-hmm. you'll do something. But the question is, I'll put to yourself, mate, and then I can answer it as well. Do you really believe that he's getting the full say so? It is it, who he wants to transfer? I'm being honest, I've said it before. I don't think so, because I don't believe he's new about somebody players. I know you've got to touch the recruitment process, but I think then, Ladder Bielka and Nerovsky, et cetera, et cetera, they've all failed so far. I think, JP, that's when you need to start questioning the recruitment team and what yeah. they're doing is their job and not just the manager. Yeah, to answer your question, um, I, I personally think, I mean, let's face it, he's only one one transfer window for he's come back through the lads, right? So, me personally, looking at it now and, and over the you know over the course of what we've saw so far, I potentially think a lot of the players that came in in the summer possibly could have been earmarked by the the previous manager, Big Ange. Um, so I think Brendan's been respectful in a way to the fact that he's come in and you know he's not wanted to you know throw the rattle out the problem straight away and say, do you know what, these guys are in my pack, so I'm just going to, I'm not going to accept that, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do that. 
I think there would have been conversations taking place at some point with Brendan and the board. Now, if you listen to these early pressers, again, when he, when he re-signed with the club, he's happy with the way our recruitment process works. And it was something that he wanted implemented the first time he was here. And that was partially, well, he kind of led us to believe that was partially his decision for leaving and, and the way that he left the last time. So I potentially think that, let's say, some of these players, uh, a good chunk of these players were earmarked by the previous manager. I said, you could probably say, like, say, Yang, Kwon, and maybe Marco Tilio definitely sound as if they've got Big Angie's footprint all over it. Right? So then you, you look at other ones. Um, maybe Nat Phillips. Maybe Brendan used his contacts there because, again, emergency, we, you know, we were kind of lighting numbers at the time when we, when we actually brought that in. Um, but when the transfers have happened, obviously Brendan's then done his job in terms of the manager. He's brought the guys in and he's assessed them. And I, I know, obviously, we've, we've seen that uh, uh, Stephen McGowan had obviously put out a report the other day about Lager Bielka and Celtic would be willing to, to sell him. Now, when I saw that, Ryan, uh, I potentially... It uh, didn't bother me either way. Because, again, I, I don't really... You can't really miss what you've no had, if that makes sense, these lads. I don't think we've seen enough of them to, to, to go... But the way social media ended up, it was as if this guy was like Franco Barese. And that, you know... It was going to be it was going to be massive for the club if we sell him or no. What we're going to do next? He's just done the door in the summer. So again, I think it's unfair to even have a discussion about him because I, I, again, it wouldn't be fair because. But his early assessments have obviously been done by the manager, and the manager's obviously not seen something, which is why he keeps talking about quality. Now I know what people are saying, you know, in terms of a business sense, and Alan, I'll put this to you. You know, we're, we're currently looking at... Now, this is no disrespect. I don't mean this disrespectfully at all to any one of them because Liam Scales has been outstanding. But currently, Liam Scales is playing <clears> ahead of two guys we paid nearly £8 million for. But Liam Scales deserves to be in the team because of his performance levels. But as a business, I think Celtic, can they really afford to run... You know the business side of the club, and that they sell out nearly eight million pound for two guys, but sometimes they're not even making a bench. You know, we've heard now, Alan, that Narovsky's been fit for some time. He's obviously he's been on the bench once or twice, but again, he's he's no had any time in the team. Yesterday, Big Quan uh, was on the bench again. That's for me. That's in out the cold as well. Um, Tilio's. Been on the bench, he's, he's made a couple of cameo roles as well. But I, I can get the Celtic fans' frustrations, mate. I just don't think it's been enough. But as a business sense, mate, I, th I think it's vital that Celtic need to start smartening up their act and that they, they, when they spend money, you spend three and a half million pounds for a guy. I'm expecting a guy to come in and challenge for the first team. Not to be challenging, he got on a bench. That's mental. And for me, it just defeats the purpose. 
you know, why why spend all that time to go and recruit? There must be somebody else that can that can come in and come in and just come straight into the team. You know, you let a guy like Carol Starfelt go, who was a, a mainstay in the team, and you've brought in like three, four, what was it, three, three centre-backs, and apart from big scales and the emergency Liam scales, only for the emergency Liam scales, sorry, the rest of them so far have showed that they've not even been able to light a candle to big Starfelt, for me. So, in terms of that, Alan, I don't think it's good business for us to continue doing that path, mate. Otherwise, we're probably going to be having this conversation near enough every transfer window. Hi, Steve. No, I, I personally agree. I think that we can't continue to do that. I think the reason being behind this will be that I think these signings are probably already, the majority of them were already made before Brendan's come in the door. Mm-hmm. You know how long yeah, these... You can see it. Uh, uh, well, it's there, I think, between... If you're looking specifically between uh, Lager, Belka, Narovsky and Tilio, I think we, we spoke about it in uh, the text the other day, it's nine, nine appearances between the three of them and we're yeah. paying over £9 million. Uh, and we're near the end of the year, so you're six months into the season basically and these guys are they're not even double figures between three players mm-hmm. that were spent £9, £9 million on. Now that, that, that says it all for me. Fundamentally, we need to put our trust in the manager because he's the fig- figurehead of the club. Uh, he's the guy that we were thinking his reputation, uh, him being kind of an elite level manager. So yeah. fundamentally, we need to put our trust in him. If he's seen these guys at training day in, day out, then there's obviously a reason why these guys aren't being selected. Uh, I don't think Brendan's just took a, a dislike to certain individuals for for their reasons so there's obviously a reason yeah. that these guys aren't being selected uh, as you say Liam Scales has, has come in out the wilderness uh, nobody's expected that he's, he's done he's done well but I think we've had this discussion before and I think if we are aiming as high to be successful to a certain degree in Europe whether that be kind of qualification Champions League uh, Europa League I think in the long run as well as Skills is done. I think we as a club need to be even high on that, mm-hmm. uh, and that's that's not a single bad word says about skills. He's he's done incredibly well for the level that he was at the last couple of years. Uh, he's come in yeah. and he's done really really well. So we need, we need to appreciate that. But we if we're paying kind of four point three million for Narovsky, if we're paying that kind of money for a centre half, we, we should be expecting this guy to come in and it's having Carter Vickers all day long, that's the way it, it reads on paper. Mm. It doesn't always work out like that. Obviously not just now. But if we're paying that kind of finance for, for a player, you'd expect to name to come in and play week in, week out. Uh, mm. a, a mainstay in the team. Uh, it's simply not worked out like that. And I think the only reasonable thing we can think about is that these players have been so, have been signed up before Brendan's approved them. Yeah. Because that's the only logical reason that I can think of. Because mm. the minute that we've spent this amount of money on certain individuals that suddenly get anywhere near the squad, uh, if Brendan's given the okay for them and the, the hierarchy of the club's given the okay for these players, then... 
there is something seriously wrong. So the only logical terms that I can think of is that these guys have already been signed before Brendan come in and mm-hmm. they don't they don't quite fit the plan the plan or the tactics or etc what what Brendan sees the club going forward. Mm-hmm. Ryan, I've seen some comment some really good points here, Alan, as well, in terms of uh because you're obviously thinking along similar to myself in terms of you know these players have been rubber stamped before before Brendan's probably had a look at them properly and been able to assess that. But Ryan, I think obviously more along the lines of the, the you know the business side of the club, you know the, the, the sharing out of money. We've spoke at length, you know, in terms of transfers like Alexandro Bernabe. You know we. we we thought the money we were sharing out for him, he was assuring he came in and, uh, and again, mate, that's the expectation, mate. See when, see when Celtic are paying that amount of money for an individual, you expect them to come in and not only hit the ground running, but come in and be the mainstay, i.e., the, you know, we expected Alessandro Bernabe to be the mainstay left back. We shelled it, was it three and a half million we paid out for him? So, you're talking about three and a half million for him, three and a half million for Lager Bielka, and four, just over four million or whatever it was uh, in terms of whatever the add-ons are in that as well for Narovsky. There's three out of that defence straight away, mate, that aren't even, they're not getting a sniff. But Bernabe came on yesterday, Ryan, and to be fair, he came on at a point in the game where the, the team weren't performing at a very good level and he just couldn't get going. Just everything he tried to hit, just didn't go for him. And he's took a bit of a doing off a lot of the section and our fans. And especially a lot of the pundits on the radio, Clyde One and you know, I heard Hugh Keevens having a right go at him and uh, Hugh Keevens, you know, sort of made the analogy about being at it's panto season. So here's guys coming in for, you know, their their wee cameos and turning the club into like a pantomime and not performing at a very good level, not doing this, not doing that. But in terms of that, mate, I think the club moving forward need to address the situation of when we go and identify players, we need to identify them to come into the team and make a difference straight away. No having to take six, seven, eight, nine months, whatever it's going to take to develop. Because at Celtic, Ryan, I just feel, mate, if we want to be an elite club and behave like an elite club, then I'm afraid, mate, we can't afford to carry passengers. We cannot afford to carry people who might not be up to it. And if you're looking at it that perspective, mate, it's hardly surprising where, you know, where the results haven't been great because there's obviously been a level dropped in terms of quality and what's available to us to play. Like I say, mate, if you listen to the media after, after the day and yesterday, that's really finished the Celtic. <laughs> it's done. It's done Celtic in a crisis. Everything's done. Um, Thank God I had my phone in airplane mode then. <laughs> listen, I get the frustrations, but to come out and say the league's finished, when bear in mind you've got a lot of these players and the manager who have already been through this rigmarole before, they know what it takes to win trebles, mm-hmm. doubles, league titles. Yes, they might have not been challenged at the highest level, but they still know how to win league titles and yeah. that's a massive thing to have in your team. So, 
for anybody to kind of say the league's finished or this team won't bounce back, it's very, 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 very premature. Very premature. Yes, had your concerns, but um, to come out and say and, you know, the press and stuff and Lampard say that the league's done it, for me, it's it's very disrespectful, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Um, you've got to look at Celtic have done in the past. Yes, you can't live on the past, and I know at this present time, we've not been great. But yeah. I know Ange went through a rebuild, but we've only fantastic the first few months of Ange, yeah. and then boom, we got a good Windy in January, and we sailed through the league basically. But when we go to February, once we get in February, I said to you, that's it, we've done. They're looking back for that. There was mm-hmm. a, mental, a mentality switch, and it happened. Business sense, mate, I totally agree with you. And we, we, we can't keep spending big because when you spend big money, it's got to work. You've got to make sure that that guy is going to come in and be an impact signing. Yes, we all know signings can yeah. be gambles. Not every sign is going to work, but your mainstays, your big ones that have in the past, like your Edwards, I know he was an ongoing first, right? But Roger says he was one of the, if not the best young players I've ever seen at that age. And he was right, because when he came for Celtic, £9 million looks an absolute bargain. Now, fantastic player. I still say that he was phenomenal, and I think some Celtic fans maybe underrate him. Even during the COVID season, he might have mm. been lambasted as lazy or this and that. He's also over 20 goals that season. So he's still a fantastic player, and he's doing OK with Crystal Palace this year. Sinclair, good money. He worked out for, say, two years. He was brilliant. We got good quality off him. Well worth his fee. Um, so when he's when he when he spent decent money, it's kind of worked. Um, mm-hmm. I know he's had that like Gambo's done his work, Doris the Free's done his work, Jack Henry. I get that, right? I get that. But as he signing all these players, this is what I think there's going to. I, I know I know JP. I'm not going to come out and tell you this because they're not going to tell us everything. But it mm-hmm. would be a, obviously a manager says in AGM etc. That he signs the players. He's going to say that. He's not going to come out and say. I don't sign the players. But I think we knew for the last time when we knew about Marine Shaved, he didn't want Marine Shaved. And that, so we kind of know what happened the last time. Is it going to happen again? Is the Robin took over his eyes, come in, be the manager, we'll give you this? Because by the transfer one day, in the business sense, he's no good what he's asked for. Because the last few weeks, like he says, I haven't said it as well, he keeps mentioning quality. We need better. We need quality. He's calling out players to be better. That's no good because being JP will play themselves at a decent level. When you play at that level, you know what players are like JP. They yep. all talk. I don't like the way he's talked to us. That's, eventually it can turn and you don't want that to turn. You want mm-hmm. the manager to be full on, 100% behind the team. Do it behind the scenes. Don't take the, don't take the press. Um, but the business side, I totally make, we, we can't keep shelling with big money and players not to work. Um if you pay a million pounds for a player JP, you can go, okay, it's not been great, but it's a million pounds. But when you spend three and a half, four million, five million, a year in Barcast, etc., they have to be a success. They have to be a success. Yeah. Um, just similar, if we did go and sign, we were, we were linked to Daniel Bodens, right? Mm-hmm. See if you sign Daniel Bodens, I think he's doing very well with Olympiacos. He done yeah. very well with Wolves you're probably going to get a successful Danny Podes because he's done well just about every team he's been. I know maybe years ago, I know Celtic signed a few players like Tony Cash, you know, they done well down south, came up with Celtic, they do well. Sometimes that happens. But look at Chris Sutton. Then you were at Chelsea, we paid big money and boom. 
fantastic. I know it's different eras and different football. I get that, but just try to use this as, as, mm-hmm. as a scenario. But no, no, no. Um, yeah, mate. You need to. The big money is going to be spent wisely. Give up later says in January, right? Mr. Lowell says we've got seventy odd million pound in the bank. Just say we share look, do you know what? We really need well, we all know GIP that we need to win the league this year. The financial implications is massive. And if Rangers get it, it kind of puts him near even kill with us, mate. So it's that can't happen. It can't happen and it's criminal if it does happen. And there'll be a there'll be a lot better than just yesterday if that happens, mate. So but the business sense, listen, I totally respect what the board have done in terms of how well the club has run off the field. Yeah. In terms of how well we've run, we're always in profit. Barnes books are brilliant. We're selling players for twenty odd million pounds. Brilliant. It looks good in the balance sheet. We can do different things off the park to help the academy, help the training. I get all that. Mm-hmm. But what we are more interested in is what we get on the park. I know domestically we've been just a bit spot on, but when you're selling out a lot of money you want to progress in terms of Europe as well. And the current situation, mate, where we are, we shouldn't be where we are. I know you've no entitlement to go and win league titles and win football games. You need to go and do that. But when you're buying 500 grand players and one million pound players, it's not always going to work. So, I mean, the business sense, I think, myself, as I read there, I think a lot of Celtic fans will agree that you need to get your business sense right, the transfers right, the big money right, mm-hmm. Because if you don't, then it's... I think then you need to start questioning the recruitment team, JP. I've, I've, I've never questioned the recruitment team, really, and, and yeah. a Celtic fan. But see, when you're signing guys that are not working continuously, continuously, then I would say you've got to start questioning the recruitment team. Do we need to get somebody else in? Do we need to get a director of football, which I don't want. I just want people to do their job, the manager to go, this, I like him. I like him as well. They get him signed. So, I don't know what you feel on that, mate, but I do agree that the business sense, I think in January you'll see how we're going to go with that because I'd rather, like I've said before, I'd rather be, I'm just talking with a scenario, I'm no, I don't want Lambasti saying you're about to spend £15 million. I'm just saying for talk sake, say we had mm-hmm. £15 million, say we had £20 million to spend in January, just, as a, just for talk sake. Go and spend £3 million, uh, sorry, £5 million, three top players to come in, go and help you win the league and maybe the five million pound and maybe two talents or two guys come in out of squad and help you when when mm-hmm. need be. Because bear in mind we've all got the domestic to look to now. So every player should be fresh. So I I think the business side, mate, I think um I think it's going to get sorted, mate, because if you look at signing nearly eight to ten million pound and three to four players and they're not working out, if that's another job, mate, then I think some guys will get their jobs. So I think it's doing a profiling. I really do, Ryan. I, I... I think it's doing how you... It's all about recruitment. It's all about the way you do it. Listen, you don't need to go and spend millions and millions of pounds. It's, it's not a way forward. I think a lot of Celtic fans want... What Celtic have not done, uh, in my opinion, they've, they've certainly not covered themselves in massive glory, publishing accounts of 70-odd million pounds, sitting in their net profit in their bank account, and then, you know, still signing guys. In my opinion, we shouldn't be doing it, but... Still signing guys on loan. Now, I don't mind a loan deal if it's with a view to taking a guy permanently, similar to Jota and Carter Vickers. But when you're bringing in guys on loan, and it's guys that are coming in, 
that are not they're, they're not making an impact. They're not doing anything. They're, not, they're, they're hardly even getting a game. You know, guys like Bernardo. There's an example. He, for me, he plays in Europe, but he's he's not deemed well enough to play domestically. It's, it's not strange. It's mental. So for me, um, it's not about how much money you spend on players. It's you know we bought Virgil Van Dijk for two and a half million for Groningen. It's about the player. It's it's about what he's going to bring the team. It's about the quality that you can bring in a guy for two and a half million, and he can be better at a guy that's eight million pound. It's not a day with the, the price tag. It's not a day with that. It's the very actual individual. And I think, Alan, our profiling of players needs to be sharper, needs to be sharpened up a bit, needs to be, you know, it, it needs to be that, that they're going to come in and impact the team. How are they going to do it? No looking at a personality or, you know, what, what, what does he do on his Instagram or what does he do here? What does he do? How's he going to, what qualities is he going to bring and what chemistry is he going to potentially have with players we've got in the dressing room? So what qualities has he got first and foremost as a footballer, especially if you're looking for a player in the final third? So what qualities is he going to have? Is he going to score? Or is his ratio good enough for him? He's going to get one every two. You know, doesn't need to score every single game. But what he needs to do is come in and impact the team and make his impact known to the team. No come in and have to take 20 games to get gone and haven't they really made an impact up until then? And the majority of his appearances have been off the bench. Because again, mate, we've seen probably a million guys like that through the years. You know, I could list hundreds of them the new. <clears throat> I get you're not going to get every signing bang on either, right? And you will, there will be guys that have probably signed who then go on and have great careers. Unfortunately, they've become casualty to you know, or an exodus at our club. But um, I definitely think, mate, it's got to be done to the profiling. For me, you've got to tick all the boxes, as in you're ready-made, you're coming in, you're going to make a difference straight away. And if you don't, then we're just not going to sign you. Because for me, mate, I've had it now in terms of stockpiling this squad. Because, again, there's probably more doing that then actually more we've got coming in and actually making a difference right away. Uh, I, th- I think we've, the last few transfer windows have been kind of a downfall of our own success with regards to the first couple of transfer windows we had. I think we've had that kind of scattergun effect. Like we'll take, like we signed players for Japan and it was a massive success with the likes of Kyogo, Hitati, Maida, Right, so we've went, oh, we've gone there further, but it's not really worked out well. So then mm-hmm. you've went with the Scarlet effect, you've went Japan, you've went Marco Tellio for Australia, Alistair Johnston for America, well, he is Canadian, but the American League. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, for Korean League 2. So you're basically, it's like throwing darts at a board, and that's what it looks like on my behalf, and it's, it's, it's no working. And I get what you're saying, right, when you're mentioning kind of Van Dyke. You mentioned, but well, you could mention uh, O'Reilly at one and a half million. You can mention Hatati at 1.3 million massive mm-hmm. successes. But it, I believe like, it's, 
it's like everything in life you usually get what you pay for. Uh, I know there's times that we've had massive failures when we've, we've spent a bit of money when you've named guys like kind of Barkas, etc. Uh, but the majority of the time, you get what you pay for. And we've kind of, I've said that a few times, we, we've, we've went kind of backwards. We've made money off these guys like uh, Jota, Edwards, etc. So we were signing Edward, Julian, 9 million, 7 million, yeah. then Jota, Carter Vickers, 6 million. Now it looks as if we're top dollars, 4 million. Whereas there wasn't a kind of financial world you're talking about rates of inflation. We should be, if we're making money off that, we should be raising our game to try and make more money. So instead do you, know, buying, do you know, I think it's four million, mate, because the fear of God's been kicked in me, I get in Barkas. but you need... Give five million. Aye, aye. So you're, you're <laughs> going to get the kind of... You're going to get the... We'll put it in a nice way, the disappointments. Uh, mm. You're going to get the... But we, we recently with Jota leaving, so we, we should be looking at that and saying, bought somebody for six million, we'll settle for 20, <laughs> 25, say, whatever the figures are. But... Should we not be able to take the positives, turn the that and say, what if we buy somebody for eight million, say? Could we sell them for 30 then? Would that not be a productive way to look at a kind of business transfer model? Uh, I know that every one of them, it doesn't matter how much money you spend on them, but as I say, the majority of the time, they're valued at that that, that price for a reason. The majority of the time. So I, I would like us to have a, a bit more ambition because it, at the minute it looks as if we've, we've kind of went backwards and the, the amount of finance that we're ready to spend to improve the, the squad and the team. And it, it's shown that, it's shown that at the minute because mm-hmm. uh, I think when you look at kind of the last the last couple of years, uh, you probably see the, the, the start of the level over the last couple of years is probably to a better standard than it is at present. No massively different, but... I'd say there's slight wee differences there. Yeah, no, listen, I totally agree. Um, that's a nice wee analogy you used about throwing darts. That's so any many many more in it. So see what we get. But I think obviously your example with Quan, I think it's a bit unfair yet because we can't really judge him as a player because again we've not really seen much of him except a couple of wee appearances in pre-season. Um, I really trust the manager. Eh? Well, that, well, that's exactly. But. But what we're seeing just now, I get your point, what you're seeing just now there, he's not come in and played. And yesterday he was on the bench and he was an unused sub yesterday in a game that we were really, really struggling. Um, I thought we were really struggling in that area of the pitch, Ryan, because at the second half it looked like McGregor and O'Reilly were the only two midfielders we had in the central of midfield. So um, I think overall, it, it, you know, we can all agree that the, the recruitment needs to sharpen up big time. Mr um, McCarthy got a little the day, by the way, for the B team. I don't know if you've seen that. Ah, yesterday, aye. Ah, yesterday, well, aye. Aye. Right, OK. <laughs> that's a bit I, I look recalled as well, aye. I don't think, I, I don't I, I think, think that's going to be a resurgence of no. James McCarthy's now uh, going to make appearances for the first team. I didn't think that um, first-team players were out to play for the B team. I'm not sure. Uh, I think enough. they are uh, under certain circumstances, right? Because I'm sure, I, I'm sure that that uh, Quan and Talion, Talion, I'm sorry, Talion, yeah, 
So I think mm-hmm. there's certain circumstances mm-hmm. that these guys, you know, are are able to play in. Um, but I don't think they can do it over the mm-hmm. over a, like the course of a full season because that's why they've done away with the reserve league, mate. You just you, you, they're not allowed to they're not allowed to do it. You need to be within that sort of B team structure. Um, but I think moving forward, lads, I think what we need to do personally is we need to be quicker when we profile players. We need to assess, you know, like I say, are they coming in? They're going to make a great, you know, because you can normally get a feel if a guy's going to make a grade or no. But again, like Ryan says as well, Alan, I think it's a stature of player, you know. If you're going to buy a guy at 500 grand, there's a good chance, mate, that it could go wrong quite quickly, especially if you're paying that amount of money. But then there's a chance if you if you're going and paying a guy paying for a guy like Carter Vickers at six million quid, then you're probably going to expect him to a hit the ground running and b make a massive difference to the the first team setup. I think signings like that will help to lift the, the whole club. I think it would have done anyway. Should this bad spell that we're going through at the moment not have happened anyway? I think obviously when you sign one or two of these guys, and you know, I think it boosts the team because if players, especially guys like in my opinion, Matt Riley, I think he's absolutely quality. Guys like that see players coming in, and you know they're up a level as well. I kind of it makes you feel good when you get to training. It makes you, you know, you you up your levels. It helps to set standards and. It kind of maybe takes a burden off certain individuals who, for me, I think that certain individuals of the team they now are being over relied on. You know, there's certain individuals that when things aren't going so well, you know, it's the same individuals I think that are looked at right away to try and dig us out that bit of trouble that we might be in at that moment. I think the last couple of weeks we've seen a few heads go down. And the reality of it, lads, is I'm, I, I do apologise if I offend anyone by saying this. The players have dropped their levels. They have. They, you, it's evident. You, it's clear as day. The players have dropped their levels. Now, listen, I understand football's a mental game at the best of times. And, you know, it's hard to play at a high level continuously. You know, when you're a big club and you're used to having success and you're used to playing well and you, there's always going to be a drop-off at some point. You know, you look at around the other leagues, all the big teams all have off days. They all get beat by teams that, you know, their own fans are probably saying, we should never have lost that. Frankfurt beat Bayern Munich 5-1 just the other week. And Aberdeen beat Frankfurt in Europe the other night 2 nothing. So, you know... Drop-off results can happen in your league. Ryan's comments are spot on earlier on, Alan. I think, you know, what we need to be careful now is, is this going to be the start of a pattern that's going to happen now in terms of, okay, we've lost the last two games, but is it going to go three games, four games, even five games before we see some sort of reaction? But what I will say, Ryan, to this collective group uh, and the nucleus of this squad is, mate, there's a severe winning mentality among them, mate. 
And I just hope moving forward, fans can stay with them because, like you say before, mate, including Brendan in this as well, this isn't our first rodeo, mate. This, you know, this isn't the first time we've been on this carousel. So, we've, there, there always comes a point in time where Celtic come back to us mm-hmm. and they're not playing well and they're not, you know, they're going through moments of, moments of uh, disappointment. But disappointment's only temporary. And it's how you, Ryan, I think it's how you, you then build on that to react what you do in the training field, I think the best way to 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 play to come out of bad form is to play through it, mate. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that we're playing numerous <coughs> games back to back right now probably isn't helping, especially Brendan mm-hmm. being a coach on the training field, stuff like that as well. So that have an impact on the squad as well. You know, they're co- what they're doing, the new mate. Every two days they're recovering to go to the next game, so they're not really getting a chance to sort of bed in maybe even some ideas that he wants to, to yeah. try and do. And I think you're spot on, mate, in terms of we need to try and get some positivity back among the group. We've got a big game now, and in my opinion, it's massive now, come the end of the month. It's a massive game for us now, in reality, because of the way, you know, the league table can look now. Going into that, through no fault of our own, but I think that game at the end of the month is vital, mate. And I think we're all looking for the team to build some sort of momentum going forward to that. Oh, it's a massive game now, mate. And the games are always massive, but it shouldn't be as much. Listen, these derby games are always, the virtual derby games are always massive, mate. But in the context of the season, the way we were a few weeks ago, just sitting at 11 points clear. If you did, a disaster happened, he did drop points, he had a bit of cushion. That's, uh, that's not there now. There's no margin for error now. You've got to make sure the next... We've got to go a run now a few games. We don't want to yeah. run a few games that we fit a win uh, in, in a row. To a club at Celtic, for me, it's criminal. Um, I don't know what you feel, I don't mean JP has spoke about it, but I get what JP saying, Alan, about the, it's the way we're losing it. For me, I, I can accept, I can accept losing Alan, but I can't accept the way we're getting beat, get bullied and outfought, outran, been getting. Listen, it's no disrespect to these teams in Scotland because they're still full time, they're still talented players, they're playing at a high level. I get, I get, I get that. The Celtic players should not get bullied off the of command looks and Josh and Hart players. For me, that's for me, Alan. That's that really sticks in my in my neck, mate. That we'll get bullied. Celtic don't get bullied. Like you've had Scott Brown, Manyama, even Ledleys. Van Dykes, your Vickers, there might be strong characters in this team, McGregor. Sometimes McGregor's get pushed off the ball. That's no Tom McGregor. What's your thoughts on that, Alan, and what your opinion on that, mate? But for me, that's what I really, really can't accept. I can accept players not playing well, but I can't accept teams doing more than you to win football games. Yeah. I know we've had kind of different styles of teams in the past that uh, we've played that we've watched. Uh, see, as long as we were winning games kind of comprehensively, uh, you would you could give up the fact that we had these kind of hard men in the middle of the park, the guys that were going to be bullying the other team instead of the, the opposite that's happening now. But the minute that the results turn, then we need to look at 
why we're getting beat, where we're going wrong, how we can improve that. Even when you look at guys in the middle of the park, what sorrow as well, that wee ankle biter. I don't think that would go a master loo. I'm not saying sorrow, mm-hmm. don't buy them, right? But uh, like somebody in that in that form that you know I, that the minute, I ah, you know the minute the ball, the minute the ball goes amiss in the middle of that part, you know somebody's going after that with everything they've got. The minute I'm I'm, I'm not really seeing that. I think the last few year, the last couple of years we've kind of relied on mobility and our skill to win these games without having to do the kind of nasty side of the game. Uh, and we're missing that skill and that that cutting edge at the minute, and that's that's what's causing us to drop points. So mm-hmm. without that cutting edge, now we're looking like we want about a bit of bite in the middle of the park because the, the, make the qualms about it. The the next game against the Derby uh, a week Saturday, uh, you you look like it's going to be a battle in the middle of that park, and. We need many a performance in the middle of that park on that day than what we seen yesterday and last week. Uh, mm-hmm. That that's we we need to win that battle. That's always the most important battle really. One of the games, and that that's that's a necessity. That's essential that we win that battle. Yes, no, you listen, Alan. You're absolutely spot on. Some really good points there, lads. Um, in, in terms of you know what we could maybe try and implement moving forward for the club, um, what's coming up for the club in terms of games. And I think the most important thing is, and probably all Celtic fans that are currently watching just now, is we're hoping the team can start to try and build a bit of momentum. Now, momentum's probably going to be short-lived a wee bit because obviously we've got this January, the January uh, winter break coming up. But uh, right now, the current Celtic team are probably looking forward to this January break coming up because of you know they they can get that wee bit of respite and and try and recuper, recuperate. Sorry, and um, and and lick their wounds a wee bit because let's hope we can we can get into this January break with a very good one in that Glasgow derby, as you said, Brian, and uh, we can um, send the Celtic fans away. Hopefully happy that day. I think the only saving grace that day, Alan, is the fact that it's just going to be full of Celtic fans and it could be very hostile for them as well. Um, but again, we'll, we'll need to wait and see. But I think we've got Livingston and Dundee prior to that. We'll need to try and take care of before that, lads. Um, right now, it's about a game at a time, I think, with Celtic. And uh, Rogers maybe hopefully trying to get players to perform better than, than what they currently are doing. Let's hope we can do it, because if not, then we could be in for a, a very, very hard um, end to the, sort of this period of the season. And um, I'd imagine Ryan's going up to Costco shortly for their bottles of bleach. <laughs> <laughs> if I... If I, if I uh, if that doesn't, if results don't start happening soon, you'll be getting a Costco care looked at again. But listen, everybody that's tuned in with us just now, I want to say a massive thank you on behalf of the podcast. Thank you to Paul John Dykes and his team for giving us the opportunity to come on and, and take part in this charity weekender. I want to say a massive thank you to everybody who's currently donated to the Jamie Tierney um, page that's been set up for him and his family 
Um, I want to say a massive thank you um, to everybody that's that's taking the time to obviously tune in tonight with us as well. If if you've been out there and you're watching, and uh, I hope everybody's had a great weekend. I know I've had a great weekend, even barring yesterday, lads. Um, but lads, apart from that, I don't think I've got much more I can fall into this this night. Um, I think I'm I'm all talked to it for the night. So um, it's been good to get a chat with you again, boys. And uh, we will see you again on our own channel um, over the next week. So again, from myself, Ryan and Alan, Massive farewell to everyone. Farewell. Uh, see you all later. See you all later. Cheers. Yeah. Podcast Network.